following is an exclusive presentation of the Ultimate Hoops Podcast Network. What's up, UHNY? In honor of the coronavirus, the hiatus of the UHNY podcast has returned. That's right. It's me, Anthony Leo, your league coordinator, national coordinator, whatever you want to call me these days. So many titles. So many titles. Just so many titles. And, of course, the GOAT of media and the men, the myth, the legend, Jake Asman's on the other line, all the way over in Houston, but we still are able to do this podcast live over Zoom call which seems like half the country is uh, getting introduced to Zoom these days. So uh, welcome aboard. It's pretty wild with the Zoom uh, podcasting. I mean, it's never been easier to do a podcast. And since I was furloughed, like many other people, I got nothing else to do, Anthony. So thanks for having me back on a podcast we did. Probably the last one we did was what? Maybe like four years ago. So it's great to be back. It's been quite a while since we've done one together. The last one that I put out was with Chris Cox. It was uh, February of 2018. Oh, quite a while ago um and now here we are 2020 in the uh coronavirus has hit it, the pandemic is real obviously here in new york it's as real as it's going to get down in houston over there i'm sure it's maybe not as bad as it is here but we're all everyone's in full quarantine so we we thought let's bring this back let's have some fun we'll go over some uh topics but just for episode one we'll we'll do some quarantine and, and uh i thought so uh i guess let's start there the quarantine what have you been up to in houston well, since I got furloughed last Tuesday, as we sit here and record this on Tuesday, April 7th. So it's been a week of not working every day being a radio talk show host. So that's been weird. Uh, I've watched a lot of movies. I have watched a lot of Netflix. Tiger King was uh, a popular one. We could get into that, I'm sure. I know you've seen it too, Anthony. Uh, but I've been very bored. So when you said, hey, do you want to do a podcast? I said, yes, I'd love to. So I have my own you know, radio equipment here in my apartment. So think it sounds pretty good quality wise and you know this podcast could be whatever you want to make it if, if if the uh new york players have topics send them our way if you guys have questions we'll answer them they don't even have to be basketball questions we're here for you baby we're going to try and entertain you during this quarantine yeah we're, we're open to everything at this point you know we're very bored um we've done <laughs> just about everything you could come up with so if you got topics you want us to do a fantasy draft which we'll probably do at some point We'll do it all. You know, we're going to discuss, you know, like, you know, the MOB has got their contingency plan. The NBA has got a plan. Everyone's got a plan. But UH has a plan, too. Don't worry. Yeah, we'll go over the UH plan. We don't know if it's going to hold up or not, but UH has a plan. Um, We'll get to the gym update, you know, and the whole nine. But there's also some uh, conspiracy theories as to why the virus is happening. Many people are saying that. You know, th- this virus is allowing um, a certain player by the name of Mike Mascio to really rest up for the first time in about 20 years without playing basketball, and that somehow this is going to end up helping Mike Mastro have success in the future. That's what people are saying. You know, I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, no, I've heard the same thing across the region that, uh, you know, the virus is hit because it's helping Mastro's leg. It's helping him heal up. Uh, he was dealing with an issue, and he was pretty much playing on one knee, and now here he is, and uh, he'll be back hopefully whenever that is that we do return. He'll be healthy. So, you know, that's a potential one right there for sure. But, um, you know, let, let's get into more of the quarantine. So, obviously, you know, you've told me that you've been an avid movie watcher during this 20-plus uh, day span now. Um, so, break it down for us. What, what movies have you been uh, tuning into for the first time? 
Yeah, so I have watched, let's see, I have the list right here in front of me. I've watched 22 movies since quarantine has really began. Now, Houston was about five days after New York as far as a stay-at-home order. But basically, it's, you know, for three weeks now, we've been, you know, unable to do anything other than, you know, go to the grocery store, go pick up, take out, because nothing's open. It's like that in most areas of the country. Uh, So I've watched a lot of movies. 22 different movies. Each movie is something I have not seen. So I'm trying to see things that I know are good. I just, for whatever reason, never got around to it. I'll give you the full list. Are you ready for this, Anthony? 22 movies. Here we go. 1917, Ford vs. Ferrari, Hot Rod, Old School, Goodwill Hunting, Bull Durham, Kingpin, Something About Mary, Pineapple Express, Coming to America, Me, Myself, and Irene, He's Just Not That Into You, Reservoir Dogs, Inglorious Bastards, The Pianist, Meet the Parents, Office Space, The Matrix, Silver Linings Playbook, Fight Club, Saving Private Ryan, and Along Came Polly. I have seen parts of some of those movies I've mentioned, but actually sitting down start to finish I have not done. So I've watched a lot of movies, Anthony. I've been trying to keep busy. Out of all those movies you mentioned, I think I've seen here some here and there, but my favorite one is Saving Private Ryan. I think that's a, a good old classic one that a lot of people uh, should watch. It's Maybe the part. best war movie ever. Could get correct. Maybe the best war movie ever. So if you're into war movies, you haven't seen Saving Private Ryan, I highly recommend it. You know, as my friends would tell you, I'm not a movie guy per se. I'm no, I'm not tuning into every movie that's out there. Um, you know, I'm more of like a, a sports doc guy. So that's what I've been doing. I recently watched the Aaron Hernandez documentary. Very good. Very good. I watched the Saban and Belichick, you know, coaching doc on HBO. To watch oh, very good. Two great minds. Those are, that I was watched excellent. these when they, when they came out, though. That's the thing. You know, so yeah. I, I've seen this, um, you know, when it was coming out. Like the Hernandez doc. I forget when that came out. What was that, was February? About, yeah, maybe a month or two ago. It came out sometime in February. I always meant to get to it, and then I just never watched it. And then I was like, oh, well, this is great. I haven't watched it. Now it's perfect time for me to watch it. So it passed about three hours worth of time. It was three episodes. When was the last time you worked? That's the big question here. The last time I actually worked or was in the gym was when the NBA shut down that day, March 11th. So that's the last time I was in the club. The last day I actually worked was probably the following Monday. So whatever that date was, like the 15th, 16th, whatever it was that week, we kind of just had a meeting. Um, We discussed some things, and that was pretty much it. Um, you know, so then the furlough came from, from Brom, the CEO and founder of Lifetime Fitness. And we spoke to Alan as well. And we just, you know, kind of fell apart for now right now. So we're back, here we are with this podcast. You know, it's funny. So I, so I got furloughed at uh, my company, SP Nation Radio and ESPN Houston, obviously here in, in H-Town. But I was also, maybe a lot of people don't know this, I was working at a brand new Lifetime Club doing media, as I would do in, in Syosset or Garden City, for Lifetime Greenway, which is like the only Lifetime Fitness that, that is in the city of Houston, not in a suburb, but like actually in the city where I live. So I was working there March 11th. It was a Wednesday night. I was you know doing the clock for one of the games and then doing post-game interviews we were having our playoffs and it was the night Gobert tested positive the NBA gets suspended the next day the 12th every league shut down and away we went so that was the last time I I did anything for lifetime so I am actually technically furloughed by two jobs lifetime and my normal job at SB Nation Radio you are furloughed by two jobs. We are also furloughed by the same company of Lifetime. But oh, I get all the emails. It's tremendous. Yeah, we love the emails. We love Lifetime. We can't wait to be back whenever that is. We'll get into that later on, on the potential date. But, you know, for right now, we got to make do, and that's why we're bringing this podcast back, and the quarantine discussion will continue. So after the sports docs, I think the thing everyone is talking about, it's the hype of quarantine is Tiger King. 
So, so let's break it down. Tiger King. Now you, I think you watched it before me and then you were kind of like telling me, yeah, you got to watch, you got to watch it. I was a little hesitant. I had other friends. I mean, you, that were in it. You, you watched it before I did. did I? I, you, you finished as I was like just getting underway. Okay, yes, we have it backwards. And, and, and frequent UH uh, observer, Jake Hackinson, That's was right. the one who told you to watch it. That other Jake, same, okay, there we go, the name. So other Jake told me to watch it, I watched it, then you tuned in. So we both have completed it at this point. I think half the world has completed it at this point. And now there's talks that they're going to have like a next series on, on, on Carol Baskin and some, you know, things that are going on with her. So let, let's jump in here. So let, let's start at the beginning of Tiger King. I think yeah, a lot she of fed think, her husband to the Tigers. Yeah, we all know she fed her husband to the Tigers. It's a proven fact at this point. But at the beginning of it, I think it was a little slow and it kind of picked up towards the end. But what are your, some of your favorite moments, topics through, through Joe Exotic? Slow. I mean, at the end of episode two, they'd just be like, you know, she killed her husband and fed him to the Tigers. So I, I, I don't know if you call that slow, but that's how they ended episode two, and it was crazy. I mean, the whole thing is incredible. At its peak, like nothing going on. So Tiger King came out at the perfect time, you know, given the circumstances the country's going through, everyone is, you know, working from home or just out of work completely. I mean, it, it's the best possible time for a crazy doc like that to be released. It's nuts. I mean, each character is crazier than the next. I mean, you know, the, the woman who's now apparently a guy that gets her arm ripped off by the tiger that goes back to work five days later, she, she seemed like the most normal one out of all of them. Or the guy that didn't have any legs because you think that, you know, he had, you know, a tiger incident. No, it was a zipline incident. And he just walked on his legs until they fell off, basically. Like, each character had a weird storyline or just an insane storyline. I mean, Joe Exotic is a cult hero. Of course, you know, he gets coronavirus in prison just to, like, add on to the ridiculousness of the whole thing. Uh, it's just the, the episode where you know, they show his political campaign for governor in Oklahoma City and he gets 19% of the vote. They should do a documentary on the 19% of people in Oklahoma City or the state of Oklahoma, I should say, that voted for the guy. I mean, it's absolutely nuts. It was an incredible documentary. I mean, each episode more ridiculous than the next. And obviously, if you're on social media, the memes you know, involving the documentary are, are all over the place. It's Absolutely wild to say the least. I mean, there are so many subtle parts here and there. I mean, one of the great parts of the of the whole thing was, you know, like you mentioned, when Saf and with the arm incident, you know, he kind of just walks into the gift shop. He's like, "Yep, don't worry. Just want to let you all know right now, we're gonna you guys are all gonna get a refund." And Joe Exotic's first thought, Anthony, was, <laughs> yeah. oh, "I am never gonna recover from this financially." As a tiger ripped off one of his employees' arms. <laughs> it's just it's the most insane thing ever. And you know, the the way the doc ends as well with like the guy that runs the cult with the women at his zoo, at Doc Antle, I think the guy's name was yeah, Doc Antle. Yeah. He, he allegedly has, like, a gas chamber to kill tigers who no longer serve his purpose once they get too big. Like, I, it's just, like, this was the most insane thing ever. And I read that um, they're releasing a bonus episode they in are. the coming weeks as well in, involving that Jeff Lowe guy who might be the shadiest guy in the entire series, which is saying something. So, yeah, I mean, if you haven't seen it yet, you should watch it. It, 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 it will be the dumbest and the funniest thing you'll watch. And it's just – it is so – ridiculous it's mesmerizing what it does to you that's how it is, it is definitely mesmerizing it's it's everything encapsulated into uh a seven episode doc of absolute just utter nonsense but you did mention jeff Lowe. so so jeff Lowe. now you've been to vegas would you have gone out to his little party bus um i would not uh however i could see why people do because no no one's gonna no one's gonna tell you that those baby tigers don't, don't look pretty cute you know, they look adorable, and then they get really big and kill you. But when they're a little tiny, 
they're like little puppies. So I understand why people are enjoying the, uh, the Jeff Flo party bus. But, I mean, that guy is the shadiest guy in the whole documentary. Like, I don't believe a word that guy says at all. Uh, it's just truly remarkable. And they just totally brush over the fact at the end there that he hires a, a babysitter that he wants to just be really attractive. And, like, it's, I mean, just throw that in at the end. And then, like, we never find out what happens i hope we get the answer to what happened to the babysitter and the jeff low spinoff that netflix is apparently putting together for us there's just so much that has gone on you know the carol baskin you got jeff low you got the the, the sap one with the tiger with the arm you got exotic of course there's so much going on if you haven't watched it definitely tune in um netflix you gotta you gotta get on and definitely tune in but you know quarantine has been all about tiger king and that's been the gist of pretty much everyone's discussions over the last I'd say two weeks now, and now they're going to do that bonus episode. There's just so much going on with it, and that's it's an amazing documentary. It's quite, it's just mesmerizing, it to say the least. It, it, you know, it really reminds me of, uh, of of the rivalries we have in Ultimate Hoops, Anthony. I mean, the Joe Exotic versus Carol Baskin rivalry is as good as, you know, the Mike Mastro versus Chris Frey rivalry or, you know, the hooligans against whoever the top team in the Vets division is that in that given year. You know, the rivalries in Tiger King exemplify some of the passion that we have in our rivalries in Ultimate Hoops New York. It does. You know, speaking <laughs> of those rivalries, I mean, you know, the frey Mastro rivalry is one of the rivalries that we should get into. So, you know, we weren't going to go here, but I think we should now that you've brought it up. They've played... I don't know how many times in Garden City in the draft league they've been playing now, the Open League. You've been here for plenty of them. The Copeland days with Unstuck, the national tournaments. What side are you on? Are you on a side? Do you like, or are you just into the, the excellence? Yeah, I'm not really on a side. I just love the great basketball we get when, when, you know, those two teams get together. And, you know, the teams over the years have changed from time to time. New players have come in. But, you know, for Unstuck, you're always going to have Mastro. And then you're always going to have Craig Rallo. It's like, you know, you know, you had Kobe and then Derek Fisher, that clutch leader that would always hit the big shot. To me, is always what Craig Rallo has reminded me of. But then with Chris Frey, he's always had a bunch of different um, – you know, cast the characters with him, but he usually has Kevin or he has his brother with him. And, and, and you have Carlos that's been in the mix that has played a lot with Frey when I was there and going back to that national tournament in 2017. So I, I've just loved the rivalry. I mean, they've retooled over the years, but there, there's always been constants in it and it makes it fun. And I wonder this long layoff for Mike Master, I'm telling you, he's going to come back and he might average 45 a game. Like it's going to just be just ridiculous. He's going to have fresh legs. I was told from various sources, is, a.k.a. Anthony Leo, that Master was playing with, like, a torn meniscus. So now he's going to get some real time to rest, hang out with little baby Luca, and he, Mike's going to come back ready to take on the world again. If he's ready and he's healthy, you, you never know with a fully rested Master. But then you're also going to have a fully rested Chris. You're going to have a fully rested Dante. You know, you might have a Richie return. You get, the, the, This break pretty much builds everybody up again for what could be a phenomenal summer season if we have it. So let's get into summer season. So are we going to do a condensed schedule in the summer? Are we just going to like rapid fire with games galore to make up for the, the lack of a spring season? I don't know. We're going to have to come up with a plan for what we're going to do summer season. You know, the summer season is usually when the college kids come home, you know, they all like, Oh, I want to play. I want to play, but then I got to go back to school. So do we condense the season or do we play a normal stretched out season for the three month span? So that's obviously up in the air. Um, for all of our coordinators to kind of discuss what they want to do and what direction they want to go in. But you know, we also need the gym to open and that, that'd be that helpful as well. Would be 
huge <laughs> if the gym would open. So obviously we're under government rule here, the CDC, the whole mine. And I have no idea when the gym's going to reopen. Everyone's How many days me. a week do you get asked, hey, Anthony, what are you hearing about the gym? At least once or twice a day, probably. I get people on Instagram. I get people texting me, hey, do you have any uh, idea when this is going to open, like off the record? Or like, I'm like, it doesn't matter if it's off or on. I don't know when it's coming back. I have no idea. I'm not the government. So we're all in the same boat. No one knows when the gym's going to reopen. But, however, we do have a target date for Ultimate Hoops 2 return, and that is the summer season, which is currently planned for July 12th. That's the week that we plan to come back and have our summer season. That would mean that we probably need to have the gym open at least several weeks beforehand to have everybody time to kind of get back in the gym, prepare from a, you know, logistics standpoint and, you know, get things going. So we'll see if that happens or not. I don't know right now if that's going to happen, if we're going to be able to get there. But if it does, we're going to have a hell of a summer season. And then the question is, do we make up the championship games that are supposed to be played in Garden City? Do we make up the draft league games from Syosset? in the Vets League plus the regular league. There's so much, you know, what ifs right now on what we're going to do, what we're not going to do. And, um, you know, we're going to have to find out sooner or later. But July 12th is the date. Where, where did the season leave off for you guys in the, in the two leagues that you were overseeing? Yeah, so we had the Garden City Draft League was at a championship game. They were having Sky and Richie's team take on Dante and Carlos's undefeated team that were looking for back-to-back championships and back-to-back perfect regular seasons and playoffs. So they were going for like a, something around like 21 or 22-0 and 0 to complete their back-to-back run. That one left off there. A lot of compelling things that could have went on in that game. Two probably arguably the best players in the league, Richie and Dante facing off, which was going to be a good one. So that dropped off right there. We had the Thursday Draft League, which was heading into semifinals. My team, Born Ready, was knocked out in the first round, so I wasn't playing. But, you know, you had Dante in that league as well, since he plays in both. You had Masher on one knee. And then you had the Vets game as well. You had the Vets championship game, which was highly anticipated. We would have had a Brandon Dominic-led team with Adam Sutton against another Masher-led team in the Vets league. As we all know, before the season even started, we knew Masher would be in the finals, and here he is for the Vets league. So that's kind of where we left off. We have three leagues all in, just incomplete. Well, the, the big thing is, I mean, if, if, if you are back – you know, by July, you would think the gym would then hopefully be open before then, thus allowing you to potentially play some of those playoff games before the start of the summer season. But the issue is nobody knows. Nobody has any idea when anything's coming back together. You know, you hope the things obviously continue to get better. It's still, I always like to remind people, we're still only in April. So when we start talking about, you know, not having anything down the line, you know, a lot could change between now and May 1st, as an example. Who knows? You know, everything is rapidly changing by the day. So, yeah, there's just that unknown right now. And that's kind of how it is with all of sports. And, you know, firsthand, it's affecting, you know, the best rec league in the country, Ultimate Hoops. Yeah, it's affecting, you know, our rec league. It's affecting every rec league and every person that loves to play sports across the country. Obviously, right now, we're without sports. I think that's the big thing right now across the country. Everyone's dying for something. You know, you have the UFC trying to put on this UFC 249 card on a private island, according to Dana White. You know, people are upset about if they're going to have it, not have it. Everyone's dying for something. We're dying to have Ultimate Hoops back, dying to have the league back so we can get back in the gym, see the players compete, and play at a high level like we, we want to do. And obviously, Las Vegas National Tournament was canceled. That's a huge thing that was everyone looks forward to every year. So right now, everything to look forward to is in August. We'll be, be able to play the New York City National Tournament, which we were champions of in 2017. So 
that's a big one. Now, the question is, will you come back for that in, in the summer, potentially? Absolutely. I mean, you know, my I, I don't know where, where my situation is right now. I'm trying to get back, you know, in the building at my employer, but there's, you know, a lot of things happening right now with the economy and, you know, what's going on there. So I'd love to, though. I mean, my plan was actually to go into uh, come out to Vegas and be a part of that. But unfortunately, well, it, it ends up getting canceled. But the reason why I couldn't go was because it was supposed to be the same weekend as my brother's graduation at University of Buffalo. So I was going to go to that, obviously, and not be able to go to the Vegas tournament with you. But, you know, if the, the tournament's back in August, I'd absolutely love to be there. You know, the, I, I tell people this a lot. Some of the most fun I've had in my broadcasting career was that 2017 tournament, the first one in New York, seeing the two New York teams meet each other in the finals. Really, we had three New York teams, but the two teams from Syosset meet each other in the finals. The all-Long Island final was incredible. The the comeback game that RTG had, led by Richie Bird, led by uh, Ken Kerner and Mike Mastro, that team, Chris Cox is on that team. That comeback they had against Westchester, I think their team was FMB. That comeback they had was one of the best games I've ever seen at any level. Like, that was an incredible game of basketball. And, um, yeah, I'd love to, to be at the national tournament. Hopefully, you know, we're back to some semblance of normalcy by then, and we could have that in New York City, and it'll be a big deal for Ultimate Hoots to be back on the map with that type of tournament. Yeah, that's kind of like the target right now. I think that's what everyone's kind of hyped up for, is if we are able to get back in July, and if the CDC allows gatherings and there's more testing and, you know, everything can just return, I guess, to normalcy at that point is – you know, are we going to be able to host this tournament in August and have that? So everything's very much up in the air right now. Nobody knows. I have no answers. This is all hypothetically speaking If what, what, in a bunch of what ifs right now. Um, obviously, if we were able to get out there, you know, it'd be an awesome uh, tournament to have to kind of kick off, you know, and, and kind of wrap up the summer season, if you will, at that point. So hopefully we can get it to go. I know 2017 was a huge year. The Tony Eccles dunk, which you called, which is still all over Instagram these days by him. So there was a lot of good moments in that tournament. Honey oh, Mellow, yeah, Honey right. Mellow, Tony Eccles. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, the the, the kid, everything is testing. That, that, that's the biggest thing for, for all these sports. I mean, all, all these you know, leagues coming back is contingent on having readily available, you know, COVID-19 tests. And I've talked about this a lot on radio when I still did the show. Um, you know, it's, that, that, that's the key. It's got to get to a point where we can readily access these tests. People could be tested right away, get results within a few minutes, which it seems like we're moving towards that, you know, being the case. And, you know, then sports could rapidly come back. You won't have to shut down everything if someone tests positive for the virus. You could put them in isolation, let them recover, and they'll be a-okay. You know, it, it, sports leagues are, are going to be able to return once we get to a point where there's rapid testing. And, you know, according to the governor of New York, Cuomo, he said that they have a, a COVID-19 antibody test that they're working on that the FDA just has to approve. And, you know, once they can approve that, you could start, you know, envisioning sports returning. But these tests obviously can't come at the expense of the general public being able to get them. But it seems like we've made enough advancements over the last few weeks where we'd be able to readily have these tests available for the general public and for you know the private sector, aka sports leagues, and you know if that's the case. I do anticipate sports ramping up in some capacity in the near future. So that's some positive news. If you want to maybe look ahead to the month of May, it seems like we're trending towards you know the improved testing to be able to you know have these leagues come back in you know a, a very different capacity than we're used to. But you know I think I speak for you, Anthony. Any semblance of sports is better than nothing. What we have right now. 
Yeah, you know, you made a great point about having the testing available for not only the private sector, which would be the sports leagues, but also obviously, most importantly, just the general public, you know, the private sector being the leagues around the country, you know, these people are making millions upon millions of dollars to play a sport, you know, they also need to be available for the general public. So, you know, once testing becomes more and more available, I think that we can potentially get back to what we all know and love, and that's having sports go on and, you know, if it works out, potentially this summer could be a wild summer. You could have the MLB, you could have the NBA, you could have NFL training camp. There could be so much going on if the summer is able to kind of, you know, get up and go. Um, so it, normally you wouldn't have all that. Normally the NBA would end in like second week, third week of June. Then you got the MLB season everyone just usually rolls into. We could have NBA playoffs. We could have the MLB regular season. There could be so much going on that the summer could just be absolutely wild in the sports world. But again, it's a lot of what ifs. Can we get there? Is the testing going to be available? You know, is the MLB going to go forward with this plan that they've come up with to kind of isolate everybody in Arizona, all the spring training facilities? Is the NBA going to come back and maybe do that same type of idea where it was discussed to have them all in Las Vegas and kind of play at the Thomas and Mack Center or they do summer league games? There's so much that could happen. There's so much that could go on. I think the most wild thing right now coming up on the, on the docket for sports is the NFL draft. They're basically doing what we would do, Jake. They're doing a fantasy football draft, but an actual one. Oh, it's going to be great when Dave Gettleman's Wi-Fi doesn't work because he doesn't have Wi-Fi in his house. Uh, what do, I got to make a pick? What? So I, I'm very excited to see if there's going to be any technological issues with some of these GMs, but you're right. They're basically doing a fantasy draft. And there's a lot of people that are upset the NFL is doing a draft. I'm not. Give us a distraction. Give us an escape. You know, people could fantasy draft. We, the NFL could figure out a way to draft as well. I, I, I'm excited to see if anyone's going to get hacked. I know that's a big concern by some of these, you know, front office members and coaches that someone's going to be able to hack their Zoom or however or Skype or however they're going to be doing these draft day, uh, you know, selections. But I'm excited, man. I think if you could do the draft and give people an escape, there's all the reason in the world to do it. So I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, it's, it's going to give us, uh, you know, something to talk about that's not virus-related. You know, for a couple, couple days in a few weeks, we'll be able to break down the NFL draft and not have to worry about, you know, anything else during those hours that we're watching it. it that's right. Now, since this is a New York-related podcast, and we know that you are the biggest New York Jets fan out there, another one uh, that is going to be on this podcast soon will be Chris Frey. He's a ginormous Jets fan as well. So let, let's, let's, let's get into the Jets real quick, and then we'll wrap up after this. But – the Jets, obviously, we know they have the 11th pick in the draft. There's a lot of needs on this team. There's been a lot of talk of what Joe Douglas will do. So, in your opinion, as one of the most avid Jets fans out there, been following for since pretty much the day you came out of the womb, <laughs> what do you want to see the Jets do? I want them to take the best lineman that's available at number 11. Because I think, ultimately, you look at how deep the wide receiver class is for this draft. I mean, there's, there's maybe seven guys that have, you know, first-round potential. Not all seven guys are going to go in the first round. I really believe that the Jets could get a stud offensive tackle with the 11th pick and then use their second-round pick to address the need at wide receiver. And that second-round wide receiver, let's use T. Higgins as an example. He'll be in the second round. Any other year, T. Higgins might be the, you know, the top wide receiver on the board. But it's such a deep class, you could fill both your needs. They need to get a, a stud offensive lineman. I like what they've done this offseason with the signings they've made. The, the signing of uh, Connor McGovern from Denver to be the new center is good. I like some of the other depth signings they've made on the line. Greg Van Rotten or Rotten. I don't even know how to say the guy's name, but he's a Long Island kid that was most recently with the Panthers. 
He's going to be their starting guard. They brought back Alex Lewis. So, you're a Jeff fan. I think you got to be excited that they've addressed the line, but they need to continue to address it in the draft. There are four stud offensive tackles. At least one or two of those guys will be on the board at number 11, you would think, for the Jets to take. So, you go lineman at 11, and then you could address wide receiver in the second, even in the third round. That's what I would do. But I know a lot of people are like, oh, Jerry Judy or CeeDee Lamb at number 11. I suppose that's possible as well. But the, the depth that the offensive line – position is nowhere near as deep as it is at the wide receiver position so to me the strategy would be go lineman in round one and then address the wide receiver in round two because there'll be guys available then that would normally be first round picks that will still be on the board yeah I, I completely agree you know we've been going back and forth with all of our friends I've talked to Frey a little bit here and there about it you know when we were at the gym still having games being played We've talked briefly about it. Back but, when we were allowed to gather in crowds yeah, and, exactly, you know, and give each other hugs. That's Exactly. You know, so we've discussed it. I agree. You know, going tackle first for them is huge. Whoever that is, you know, it's very slim. So they need to get one right there. And then, you, like you said, go ride receiver. And the other position I think they, they definitely need help at is obviously edge, and they need to get a cornerback. So those are the two spots. Hopefully Joe Douglas can make some magic happen. We're all, you know, dying for that magic to happen for the New York Jets. I know you are – an avid fan and you're, you know, check his Twitter feed during the season. You'll see all the posts, all the tweets, all the, all the commentary. If you're a Jets guy, definitely check him out. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. It's, it's a virtual NFL draft and I can't wait to see how it unfolds on ESPN and how this kind of works out. And then a couple weeks from now, but it's, it's going to be wild. Then. And I, fantasy football, but real life. Exactly. I mean, you mentioned it. Look, legitimately someone's Wi-Fi could drop out like mid pick, like, there's so much things that can happen. I will say Zoom has made this very easy for next year. Like we're going to do our – Anthony and I normally co-manage at least one fantasy team every year. We're, we got to do the draft next year on Zoom. I mean, this, yeah. is, this, is, this works great. It works great. We can do a podcast through Zoom. We can do our own Zoom calls for our own purposes. We can do everything on Zoom. I've been using Zoom for work with Alan. He introduced me to this. So thank you, Alan Arnold, and all the people at Zoom for setting this up. The so godfather of ultimate hoops, Alan Arnold. Yeah, I mean, Alan has created – a phenomenal product. And I'm very happy to work for Ultimate Hoops and continue to work for Ultimate Hoops. It's been a long time. I got my job at Ultimate Hoops because of you when you used to court monitor. So oh, I, I was one of the great court monitors UH has ever seen. That's right. You know, it goes back to the days of James Mooney. <laughs> That's going to be a whole podcast in itself. The, the history of Ultimate Hoops at New York. How did we get to where we got to? The That's actually a great idea. You should have on or, or you know, what, I, like, I, it's like a doc series. We, we, we need to set that up where, you, you know, we get each person that's been involved in UHNY on for an episode. Like you got to get Tierney on. You got to get James Moody on. You have to get Joe Cardello on. You have to get uh, James, James Barone on. Correct, yes. Adam, you got to get on. It'll be a get, short, yeah. short episode, but you got to get him on. Um, you need Alicia, who ran the league. You need Ken for training purposes. And also Nicole Friedman you to need talk Nicole. about Nicole's friendship and her involvement in the league. You need everything. You need everyone in it. It would be an uh, that's actually a very good idea. So it's Larry Muller to talk about the Veterans League through the years. Jay Harris has to come on. He's the now the Vets League coordinator. We've come a long way since 2011. I mean, you started in what, 2012? Uh, end of 2012, like December 2012. Dan had already started in like October of 2012. And Dan got me hired. So it was Dan getting me hired. And then I worked, and then we got you involved, Anthony. And then you stayed on and worked your way through the ranks to where you actually – we're working full-time for Ultimate Host back when people still had gyms to go to, lifetime fitnesses to uh, clock into. 
That's right. And now we have nothing to clock into. So now that's why we're doing this podcast. But yes. that, that could be an excellent idea. We should definitely look into that, having everybody on and kind of going through the, the inception, the very beginning of Ultimate Hoops New York, you know, all the way back to 2012. You know, we could discuss with you and Dan the court monitor days and then from there move our way up. That would be tremendous. The court monitor days would be a very short podcast. It'd be basically like, so yeah, so then people showed up, we wrote their names on a list, and we directed them when they were on. And made sure that no one fought each other. Which would happen from time to time. Well, it's part of the court monitor job. You know, you got to handle what, what comes in front of you. You, you got to step in when you got to step in as a yeah. <laughs> young high school student who's just looking to for a part-time job at Lifetime, which has now turned into this. So it, it's coming far away. It's, uh, you know, it's, it, it's a league that is unlike any other league. I've said this many times. There, there's something about UH that makes it more than just your typical rec league. It's the, it's the people first and foremost, but the organization of the league from the top down, it's the best. And I can't wait till we're back, you know, getting after it when, when things get back to normal. The, the tip-off to a UH season is going to be as symbolic as any of the other sports returning. And when you see the tip-off to a new U8 season and Mike Masters out there taking the jump, you know there's something right in this world once again. That's right. We're going to be part of the healing process just as much as every other major sports league around the country is. We are part of that healing process. We need to have our members back in the club and, and put on that you know, lifetime way, the, the healthy way of living, the healthy way of life. Get back out there and, and get... The courts I mean, will be done, right? I know the courts in New York are going to be done. Those, they should be done by now, right? Courts in Syosset are brand new. The, the sad part about this is that the Garden City courts were scheduled to get redone in the month of April. I don't know if that's still happening or not. I'm not sure if that's a thing. They should still do, they should still do it. No one's going to be using it. I mean, I guess I'll find out when I walk in the gym whenever it's open. I have no idea. I have to retouch a Brandon Dominic, head of ops. Great guy. But anyway, this has been on a, a while. I'm, I'm excited we had our first episode, and uh, we'll, we'll be turning these out every, what, every few you know, days, maybe every other day. Who knows? We haven't really have a set schedule yet, but if you have topics, ideas, anything, throw them our way. Yeah, when you have a good idea for a topic, let us know, and we'll do a podcast. I have nothing else to do. I'm for, I'm for uh, as the kids call it, I have been for loud, a.k.a. for loud. That's right. You can, a.k.a., shoot that out to Dan Budick. He created that term, and now it's going to become a term for the next however many days and years. Well, however long the furlough lasts. That's right, the furlough, according to Dan Budick. So it's been fun, guys. We'll, we'll get back on soon. Uh, Let's get give, Dan on for an episode. Now, that's a podcast. That's a podcast to have. We're going to have to set that up. That's probably the next one, honestly. If we're going, <laughs> if we're going in chronological order, <laughs> Dan's next, and then we'll have to get it to some UH players probably fray first or we got i'll text mastro see if he wants to hop on he's always good for something so we'll, we'll, we'll get everybody on if you hey if you want to come on text shoot me a text we'll get you on we'll discuss some topics but the i do like the doc series of the the history of uh new york could be an excellent one so we'll see well uh yes we'll, i wanted i want to have master on and and lead the comprehensive mike mastro interview i i i i am fascinated by the career of one of the great basketball players of all time yes any level, Mike Masto is in that conversation. He has dominated ultimate hoops as much as any other athlete has dominated their respective sport. And the numbers back it up. I think the numbers back it up. He's got a lot of championships. He's in the Hall of Fame. He, he's at, he, he is UH New York. He is the GOAT, right? That's, that's, that's what it comes down to. Him and Jay Harris belongs in the Hall of Fame as well. So that's the next campaign. Jay Harris belongs in the Hall of Fame. You can't tell the story of Ultimate Hoops New York without Jay Harris. Jay Harris has been nominated. He belongs in the Hall. 
He belongs in the hall. I think he'll get in one day. That's a discussion for another time of why he didn't get in, why he wasn't renominated. I was in the room for that. I wasn't happy about it, but you know, we got to do what we got to do. So, look, this is this has been great. This has been excellent. This is everything I've, I've enjoyed this. This have enjoyed this. So, we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll definitely bring back more of these in the next few days. Um, we have some editing to do, so we'll we'll talk to you guys all later. And uh, if you have any ideas for us, let us know. Jake, it's been fun, and uh, we'll talk soon. UH fans, UHNY, stay safe. We'll get through this nightmare together, and, uh, you know, UH will be back before we know it. All right, sounds good. See you guys.